Well, hey, good morning. So good to see everybody. Good to be with you. Great to be inside of your home. And uh, man, it's just good to see that uh, the cases are coming down on the coronavirus. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing better outcomes across our country. Things are coming back online. People are getting back to work. And uh, me as a leader and an optimist, man, I just live in this world of faith and belief that uh, the success our country was in prior to this, the economic outcomes, um, the benefits that I believe all people inside of our country were living in prior to this outbreak, I believe we're gonna see this again. And so, man, I just, that's my prayer. I hope your prayer is that the same, that man, across the board, our country, as it comes back online, all people of our country will be blessed. All people of our country uh, will be in a great position to live life and life to the fullest um, and uh, experience all of what their dreams are. And uh, really, as we come back online, as we talked over this past couple of weeks, super excited for the opportunities that are come, that questions are out there. People are wondering, what is this all about? Maybe the revelation of their life in this, these past couple of months has come to the forefront of their their mind and their thinking, and uh, really they're not happy with where they're at personally, spiritually, and you and I uh, are ready for this opportunity that we can be of encouragement and strength for individuals. You know, that really gets into the conversation for today that really I want it to be an overarching um, uh, understanding, something that we look at in the life of Stephen. We're going to jump into this in Acts chapter uh, 6, where the story comes alive and this individual is revealed in the Acts 2 church. Um, and, and look at this life. And if you want to take notes, you can write it across the top of your paper. Power, uh, powered with power. We are powered with power. Uh, I pray that uh, you write that across the top of your paper. And as we talk about this today, you can really understand the power that you are powered with. And man, you could take that and live for what you're powered for. You know, have you ever been in a situation inside of your life where you just felt like, man, things are going well. It just seems like everything that you do, it just works out. Like a season in life where you're like, you know, you just felt led to go do this thing, start this business. You just felt led to step out and uh, start serving in a specific area. You felt led to, um, you know, a couple different things, maybe to go to this specific type of school. And then it just seemed like, man, everything just started coming together. You, you felt led to accept this job offer and you stepped into the job and then there was just one blessing after another blessing and one opportunity and one divine, moment, uh, divine appointment after another. And you just felt, man, everything is coming together. Like this is amazing. It just seems like God is at work everywhere inside of my life. You know, there's moments in, li in life like that, that uh, I've had over the years and um, really, you know, I, I live a life where I'm like, man, just God has ordained every single one of these steps and led by the Holy Spirit. I see God's hand moving. Yeah, uh, that's a majority of it. And there's sometimes that there's seasons where it's like, man, am I just off or am I missing? But, you know, right now, Heather and I are in this season where we're kind of transitioning. We're moving from one house and uh, we're positioning ourselves for the next step inside of our future. And you know, in this process of life that we've lived in, and we've always just had this, uh, this place where we ask each other and we kind of, you know, go off of each other on like, how are you feeling about this? What are you thinking about that? Big decisions on future 
purchasing a house, moving from this place to that place, kind of the steps of building the future and accomplishing things and doing things that we want to do. And usually these are conversations that we have based off of knowledge, based off of feeling, like what do we feel God is leading us in? What kind of season are we in? And and really we're kind of in this season of transition that God has us in from one place to the next, not jobs or anything, but from one home to the next and stepping into a dream that we have and, and something that we want to do. And it's kind of interesting that we are in this season right now where we've been prepping, even in the middle of this, uh, the pandemic that we are walking through, uh, we've been prepping our home and, and getting it ready to sell. And, and I'll just tell you this past week, we, we listed our home for sale. Saturday night, we listed our home for sale. And within, um, let's see here, within 14 hours, we had our first offer on the house. Within 16 hours, we had our second offer, which is a full price offer. Um, And then by the end of the night, we had between those two individuals and a a third one that was saying they were going to give an an offer, we wound up having four offers total on the house. But a second offer, these two individuals um, made their best offers on the house And you know, to come to find out in all of this, when it all shook out, we listed the house for one price, but ultimately what the final number was is that the total package deal was $14,500 over what we listed the house for. You know, Heather and I have lived in this place and and seasons in time where just like everything just comes together, man, just things just work out. Divine appointment after divine appointment, accepting this job and stepping into this responsibility and God's hands moving. You know, it's just good. I mean, we're praising God today. Heather and I are saying, man, thank you, God, for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for the peace that you have given us to move forward with something that we've dreamed about for a long period of time. Thank you, God, for making this easy and making these roads that could be crooked, could be challenging, could be crazy. Thank you for making these crooked roads straight for us. And man, thank you for allowing us to walk in peace through a process that could be chaotic. Less than 18 hours. We secured an opportunity that brought more than we were asking for and blessed us more than we could ever dream. We were ecstatic. We are ecstatic. And we're thanking God. Just talking about it now, just like, man, this is amazing. We serve an incredible God. You know, uh, this life of walking by faith and trusting God is something that I see in the life of Stephen. You know, seeing divine appointment after divine appointment. You know, if we look here in Acts chapter six, this is kind of the start of introducing who Stephen was. And, and you write, read in Acts chapter six where they selected seven individuals to oversee the, uh, the ministry of serving food and taking care of widows. And they were, the apostles were going to focus on ministry. They were going to focus on preaching the word and leading people in truth. But they, they selected these individuals, as Brian indicated last week, Pastor Brian indicated last week that they selected these individuals to oversee this ministry because it was becoming a distraction. And Stephen was one of these individuals that was selected to oversee the ministry. And the cool thing in here, the first introduction we have inside of Stephen Stephen, was he was selected. In verse number five of Acts chapter six, it says this, everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, he was the first name listed. And then and you can find in here in parentheses, it says a man full of faith and 
the Holy Spirit. A man full of faith, this is what he was recognized for. They chose this man because he was a man full of faith, expressed in the life in which he lived, in the language in which he used, in the actions in which he displayed. He was a man full of faith, and he was a man full of the Holy Spirit. It was evident inside of his life. They denote that because it's evident inside of Stephen's life. Now we flip down to the introduction of Stephen and the whole story that's listed inside of here. And um, it, it says this in verse number eight, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles, signs among the people. Amazing miracle and signs among the people. He performed these things. You know, the first thing I would ask you today, and you can write this on your paper, are you ready to see God move? Are you ready? Am I ready to see God move? What we find here is an ordinary individual that was picked for the ministry of serving food. He didn't have a platform. He didn't have a microphone. All he had is a, a spatula, an apron, and a willing heart and life to say, I'm here to serve. An individual didn't have the platform. And all he had is the heart and the ability and the willingness to say, I am here to serve. And what you find inside of this story, it says on the front end of here that he performed many miraculous signs, right? There was miraculous things that happened simply because he was willing to serve. He was a servant. I want to oversee this ministry. We're going to be taking care. We're going to be distributing food. We're taking care of people. We're loving on people. We're caring for widows. We're just here to serve people and love people. You know, it's a great place to be inside of life when you're just willing to serve. I mean, you take it back to Jesus, man, he was here to serve. He's called us to serve, right? He did not come to be served, but he came to serve. And we are here to model that, that, uh, those actions. We're here to model that life here for uh, the world to see. And Stephen has taken this on. He's just like, I'm here to serve. Yeah, I'll be here to serve people. It's not the most glorious. It's the mo not the most recognized thing, but I'm here to serve. And if you want me to serve in the food ministry, I'm here. I'm down. I'll distribute. You know, it says here that, man, he was full of faith and he was full of the Holy Spirit. Two things that are essential to live in a life of fearlessness and faithfulness. If you say, hey, I want to be full of fearlessness and faithfulness. You want two essentials right there. Man, be full of faith and be full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen, full of these two things, he lived a life of fearlessness and faithfulness. Come on, where you have fear here today inside of your life, maybe you need to say, I got to get some of that. I got to get some of that Holy Spirit and I got to get some. Uh, I got to get some of that uh, faith. You know, I, I got to get some more faith inside of my life. I got to have that mentality that, man, God can do all things, man. I got to believe that, man, if there's a mountain inside of my in front of me, that God just says there's a mustard seed. And that's all I need. And he'll move it out of um, he'll move it out of my way. You got to have that mindset full of faith. God can do all things. He's the God of all creation. He'll do it on my behalf. And man, full of the Holy Spirit, knowing that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. And man, if you're full of that, what else do you need? You can live fearlessly and you can live faithfully. 
two key ingredients for that. And these are components that Stephen had. You know, I hear people say inside of life, man, I just want to see God's hands move. I just want to see God's hand move. I just, I just want to see him move. Well, oftentimes I would say, you know, why don't you give, get off your hands so that you can see God's hand move? Where's Stephen at? Stephen's in a place I'm willing to serve. Well, oh, it's not the platform. All good. It's not a mic. All good. I don't, I don't need that. Just give me a spatula. I can make up some food. I can distribute some food. I can, I can stand in the lunch line. I can serve food to people and I can allow the Holy Spirit to flow through me. Yeah. I can live by faith every single day and knowing, trusting that God's going to give me a divine appointment in my day of servitude that I can see God's hand move through me. Just give me an opportunity to serve. That's it. That's all I need. And I'll tell you, sometimes we can live from a principle all day long saying, God, we want to see you move. We want to see you move. Just like the religious people did to you. We want to see a miracle. We want to see a miracle. And Jesus is like, the only miracle you're ever going to see is what your ancestors saw back in the day. That's it. You're never going to see it. Why? Because you're not looking for God's hand. You're not on the move ready to be used that you would see God's hand move. Man, anybody out there today saying, I want to see God's hand. I want to see the miraculous. Man, we can learn from Stephen, man. Are you ready to see God's hand move? If you're ready to see God's hand move, then get off your hands and go serve. God will move. I was just, uh, this past week, there was a couple inside of our church and it just so happens that um, it worked out that um, they wanted to get married quickly. Uh, my home was available. And literally this past week, I did a backyard wedding with me and them and a baby sleeping upstairs. It was pretty epic. It was awesome. We did it in the backyard. It was amazing. Uh, did communion, had a little Dr. Pepper and some bread. It worked out, you know. Uh, it was cool, right? We're just remembering what Christ had done for us. It was a cool thing. But, you know, in getting to know this, this couple through this process of chatting with them, you know, the, the husband um, was an individual that at the age of 18 years old, he read a book called I Am Third. And inside of this book, what was the, the main points and the main thing that was being illustrated on here is in life, we are third. God is first, family is second, and we are third. And he would express that man in his life at reading that at 18 years old, he decided at that moment in time at 18 years old that that was how he was going to live his life. And for the last six or for the last uh, 42 years of his life, there you go, quick mass, 60, 18 down, 42 years of his life. He's lived from that principle, family. He's the God, family, himself. He's lived a life of servitude. And I'll tell you, if you want to hear stories of God's hand moving, you just talk to that individual because he's lived a life of servitude and daily he's seeing God move all around his life. Man, if we want to be individuals that sees God's, God's hands move, we want to see the miraculous, signs and wonders. Maybe we need to get off our backsides and get to work serving people that are all around us. Man, how can we serve our family? How can we serve our coworkers? How can we serve our boss? How can we serve our neighbors? What can we do in this season? We want to see God's hand move. Let's take on the heart of Stephen, which is the heart of God, which is illustrated in the life of Jesus here on this earth and expressed and commissioned by him for us to do. Live a life of servitude. Be servants. 
You know, I saw this multiple times over inside of my life as I stepped out to serve inside of my workplace. Drug addicts set free from the addiction and the bondage of addiction, saved in Jesus' name. I saw this in my life as we traveled to India on a mission trip. Saw it as we went to Mexico on missions trips. So we begin to serve. God's hand began to move. The miraculous right in front of us. Demon possession released in Jesus' name. Limbs, maimed individuals being healed in Jesus' name. You want to see the miraculous? Have a heart willing to open up and begin to serve. Maybe today the question is not, God, I want to see you move. But really is, am I moving? That's the question. Second thing I'll leave you with here today is, in, uh, are you ready to face pressure? As you begin to move inside of life, you know, we're, we're powered with power and, and we're powered with power to do things specifically by the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to accomplish God's work here on this earth and multiple different facets all over the world. You know, are you, are you ready to face some pressure? We can see that Lives being lived in righteousness and faithfulness towards God flies in the face of those that don't necessarily understand the motivation. Uh, an individual that does not know God, know the motivation of Jesus Christ in order to serve people and love people where they're at and maybe just maybe have an opportunity that they may uh, restore their relationship with their heavenly father that breathed life into their lungs that process of living a life of faithfulness comes with some pressure. You know, Stephen's in this place where he, he's serving, he's, miraculous things are happening, and there's religious people that are taking note. There's religious people saying, man, uh, this guy Stephen over here, I mean, he's doing some things we've never seen before. I mean, what, what is this guy doing? And man, uh, he, he's talking with some wisdom that we've never seen before. Maybe we need to have a question. Maybe we need to talk to this guy. Maybe, maybe, let's, maybe we need to take him down a notch or two. Maybe, maybe we should, uh, you know, step in and, you know, put him, put him back on a level playing field. He, he's, he's doing a little too much. He's got a little too much influence. Uh, man, people are looking to him a little too much. I, I think we probably need to do something about this. And you find in Acts chapter six, as it moves on inside of the story, I'll read it here. It says, but one day some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Sicilia, Sicilia, there we go, and uh, the province of Asia. And none of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. These individuals trying to confront him, trying to bring him down, confront him, but none of them can stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. He's just an ordinary man. There's nothing indicated inside of the Bible that Stephen operated with an extraordinary intellectual ability. Only thing is, is he was selected. He had a servant's heart. He was willing he was an individual that was full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. And these individuals are coming at him and it says nobody could come against 
the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. What does that mean? They're trying to debate him on theology and, and trying to uh, break down his, his truth that he's speaking about Jesus, the Messiah, and, and about the Old Testament and, and, what Jesus, and, and what the Old Testament means and how it plays out into the new with Jesus Christ and the life and Savior and is he the Messiah and what this all means on the law and how to interpret like was the law abolished or did he fulfill the law? Is he the prophesied or is he the um, is he the savior that was prophesied through the Old Testament? All these individuals are trying to come against him. And man, he just completely speaks truth. And I'll tell you, we already know that Jesus says, I will never leave you, that I'm sending an advocate, the Holy Spirit that's going to be here. And what is this Holy Spirit going to do? The Holy Spirit's going to remind us of all that Jesus has spoken and the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into all truth, into the truth. So Stephen's here under the submission of the Holy Spirit, just like, guys, I got the Holy Spirit, which pretty much what is, what's going on here. These individuals in their intellect are trying to debate the Holy Spirit that is operating with Stephen, and they couldn't do it, right? Have you ever tried to fight with God before? Have you ever tried to come against the Spirit before, like, trying to combat and trying to reason and trying to like fight against it. Like, no, I'm right. Uh. And every time you have this conviction, every time you have truth that hits you upside the head, every time you're reminded of stories that you've read about, about Jesus and, and what he has spoken. And you're trying to push that away to, to justify what you've done. But at the end of the day, you can't outrun the truth, the truth of the Holy Spirit that is reminding us of all that Jesus said and leading us all the truth that God has for us. You ever been there? That's where these guys are at. Ah, we just can't. We just can't out debate him. He's just, he's got too much wisdom. Ah, and in their frustration, it goes on to say this. So they pursued, um, uh, so they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen saying, we heard him blaspheming Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. What? Man, he's been brought before the high council. So you find Jesus before the high council in the middle of the night. Then he goes before Pilate. Then you get later on John and Peter that go before the high council. And now you get Stephen that's going before the high council. All of these individuals are trying to extinguish. Each time these individuals are trying to extinguish, which they killed Jesus thinking that they extinguished the life of Jesus and the message of Jesus, but they quickly realized Peter and John believed in Jesus and trying to root it out on like trying to flog them and beat them, trying to harm them to bring fear into their life, that they would stop speaking this message of the Messiah that was disrupting their political control and their, or their religious control over the people. And here Stephen's right in front of the same people with very similar accusations. Where is Stephen at right now? He's in good company. We'll just say that. He's in good company, in alignment, speaking truth. And with that, it's flying in the face of those that don't necessarily understand. Those that are living with the hardened heart. Those that are pushing away the Holy Spirit that wants to live according to their own understanding of truth. Those that want to live with the power that they themselves have created. They want the control. They don't want to release that and allow God to speak into their heart, into their lives. 
They don't want to hear truth. And so they're in this place where they're getting frustrated. And with that, they arrest Stephen. They bring him before the high council. Verse number 13, it says, the lying witnesses said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say this, that Jesus uh, of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the custom Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. This moment in time, these false accusations are coming against Stephen. When they couldn't get him with their rationale, their rationale, their reasoning, it led them, when they couldn't do it intellectually, it led them towards a physical thing. Since we can't get them intellectually with true reasoning, let's go after this individual physical. We're going to put him for the high council where he has the possibility of being killed. If he's blaspheming God, then the religious people at that moment in line, according to their laws, has the ability to stone him. They couldn't do it rationally, so they're trying to go at him physically. Where are they at? They're in a position of jealousy. Because of their jealousy over this man and his ability, they wanted to harm him physically. And I'll tell you today, if you're in a place where you are living faithfully according to truth, you're living a life of servitude before all people, Get ready for some pressure around your life. People will see the favor that's on your life. People will see the influence that's on your life. People will see the blessing that's on your life. And when individuals begin to notice that there's just something and you're, you're walking in something different, sometimes our favor is a threat to people's position. Sometimes our favor in life is a threat to their placement. And because of that, there's going to be pressure. There's pressure that comes with that. You know, sometimes jealousy leads people to a place where they want to do things that are sinful. In jealousy, which is sin. In envy, which is sin. They move towards actions that are harmful to us. These individuals, it says inside of here, when they couldn't rationally reason and, and with, through their reasoning bring down Stephen, they were outwitted by his wisdom through the spirit of God. They persuaded individuals to lie about him. We got to persuade, to bring him down, we have to create sinful actions that they would lie against this man, false accusations against him. You know, jealousy is a tough place to be inside of life. Whether you are facing the pressure of jealous people or you yourself, your heart has turned jealous of somebody else. It's a rough place to be. You know, with jealous people, this is kind of some things, I'll, I'll throw three things out there. Jealous people don't want the transformation that you have. They just want your recognition. You know, jealous people, they, they just want your reward without putting in the work. Come on, jealous people, they just want the reward without actually putting in the work. You know, jealous people, they desire the influence, your influence, without living your sacrifice. Come on, jealous people just want the influence, but they don't want to live a life of sacrifice, right? That's the life of a jealous person. These individuals are jealous of Stephen being led by the Holy Spirit, full of faith, miracles happening, speaking and articulating the truth about Jesus with clarity and with conviction. This place, they just couldn't understand it. And in that process, they're trying to bring him 
down. Man, this is a world I can understand, especially in building a church, especially with the success of Pearl Street Church. People out there say crazy things in the process, trying to put pressure on the individuals to bring them down because they're envious and jealous of the success. They're envious and jealous of the blessing, the favor. Rather than wanting the transformation, they desire to bring down the individual. Tell you today, jealousy is a tough place to be. And I pray today, maybe you're on that side. Maybe you're an individual here today that you're jealous. You're looking around at other people and you're seeing, the, you're seeing their success. You're seeing the favor that they're walking in. It just seems like everything works out for them. And then you look inwardly at your life. You say, God, why isn't it happening for me? And in this frustration, rather than saying, God, I'm, you know what? I'm going to learn from them. God, I just want to get better. It, it, you can be very, it can be very easy that all of a sudden you can get bitter. In that process, you can get bitter. You say, man, God, I, in bitterness, man, you start moving towards bitterness. Now you want to move towards actions to bring people down. That is outside of the mandate, the desire of God for our lives to live righteous, to live a just life, to be an individual that is faithful, that is honorable, people that, is, uh, people that are servants. If we step into a place of jealousy and bitterness, be very easy that our actions, rather than in alignment with the truth of God's word, can become very sinful. These individuals operated in a sinful place to convince people to lie against Stephen. And I'll tell you today, maybe you're in here, I want to I speak to some people that maybe you're living in faithfulness, man, you're doing it, you know, you're, you're living a life of sacrifice and with that's coming influence and man, you're living a life of that's honorable and man, uh, you're seeing God's favor on your life and with that, you're facing opposition. You got people around you, opposition's coming your way. Let me just encourage you right now, it's very easy in this season and I'll say it this way, right? If you're in this place where you're seeing other people, you can get... You can get bitter because you're, you're not getting better. But on the other side of that, if you are a person that's in the place of persecution, you are living faithful. And now you're facing some pressure. You can get bitter because of the pressure or you can live bigger. You can live bigger. Either you can get bitter or you can live bigger. Right. There's one th a couple of things that you need to do in a place where you are facing pressure from jealous people that are looking at your life and seeing it and they're trying to bring you down. Well, just whatever that may look like, right? You're moving up inside of your career. Uh, you're finding favor with the boss. You're living a life of servitude. People like you. You're very honorable. You treat people with respect. You're, you carry your emotions well. You don't flip out on people. You're not irrational. You're very thought-provoking. You're an individual that lives well. You're a wise person, right? You're calm. You walk in humility. You're seeing God's favor. You're gaining influence. All these things are going on in your life. And you got pressure now. If you don't live bigger, then you could lead your life into bitter, right? The first thing you need to know whenever you are facing pressure is you got to know who you are, right? You got to know who you are. You are a person that is saved by grace, not because of who you are, because who he is. Amen, right? You know who you are. The second thing is 
you got to know that sin has come into a broken world. Sin has undermined God's plan for humanity in relationship with broken people. And the third thing is this. The third thing is this. In life, you know that when people operate outside of the will of God, in alignment with the ways of this world, and sin is encompassed inside of life, they do not know Jesus then they themselves are susceptible to sinful behaviors. And in that process, their sinful behaviors, maybe jealousy is leading towards false accusations. And when you live from this premise of you're getting, you're living bigger, you're living a life that is honorable, right? You're living a life to serve and honor one. Man, you want to be faithful and honorable towards God. In that process, there's pressure around you from people that are trying to bring you down. Rather than get bitter on like, I'm going to get them back, man, revenge, right? Justice is the Lord. He'll handle, he'll fight your battles. Rather than getting bitter of like, I'm going to try to go after them. I'm going to try to work this. I can't believe them. And all of a sudden you're, you're getting funky in the middle of the pressure rather than just living a bigger life to say, I know who I am. I know that sin has undermined God's plan. And I know there are sinful people in this world that are going to do sinful things. Not from an arrogant standpoint of like, you dumb people don't know, but from a humble standpoint on, you understand what this is all about. Jesus has asked us to love those that don't love us, to serve those that are working against us. And in that process, we heap coals on their eyes. We cannot get bitter in the process of facing pressure on what God has called us to do. We just got to get bigger. We just got to live bigger. So I'll say it this way. Say it this way. You can either get bitter or you can live bigger, bolder, and um, better. You can live bigger, bolder, and better. Just keep on moving forward. I love how Psalms 23 and verse number six says this. Surely. Your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Surely his goodness and faithfulness will follow us all the days of our life. So long as we keep living bigger and we don't get bitter. The last thing I'll leave you with is this. Number three, are you ready to stand for what you believe? These individuals brought a fa false accusation against Stephen, bring him before the high council. He stands there. His face begin to shine with like bright. They just stared at him. Shine, his face is shining bright. He's standing there with confidence. He's standing there with strength. He's standing there with boldness. He knows who he is. He's full of faith. He knows what's on the inside of him and who's leading him, powered by the Holy Spirit. And he's ready to stand for his faith. He's ready to stand for what he believes. And standing in front of these powerful people that had his life inside of his hands, he was ready and willing to submit himself to the Holy Spirit and clearly articulate what the Holy Spirit placed on his heart. You know, a couple of things happened in this process, and it's too long to read all of it. But ultimately, the few things that Stephen began to speak, and I encourage everybody to go read Acts chapter 7 this next week because you'll see a clear articulation of Old Testament um, truth and how it pours in and relates to Jesus Christ and his life 
being lived um, and, and dying and being resurrected and that hope that it brings to all of us. A couple of things that Stephen was speaking to the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders at this moment in time. Number one, he was speaking multiple people God has sent to you in the Old Testament, you Jewish people, and you persecuted them and even killed them. The second thing is, God is no respecter of a place. We are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit, echoed by Paul in 1 Corinthians. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You religious leaders have created this place where the uh, Ark of the Covenant exists and the presence of God dwells. You've created this space, but Jesus has died and resurrected. The veil was torn top to bottom and no longer is the, uh, the presence of God dwelling in one place. Jesus has released the Holy Spirit, the presence of God all over the earth. And now we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, right? You created this. The third thing is, is the very Savior that God has sent to the world is Jesus Christ. And you, Sanhedrin, speaking directly to them who stood there in the middle of the night and accused Jesus of blasphemy. The individuals that screamed out, kill him, kill him, kill him, crucify him crucify him, crucify him. He's speaking to them that he was the Savior, he was the Son of God, and you killed him. At the end of his sermon, it would speak at the latter part of this chapter that Stephen looked up towards heaven and he began to proclaim that he could see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. What's interesting about this is Normally, Jesus talks about sitting at the right hand of the Father, but we see in this, this illustration, in this vision in which Stephen spoke out about, that he sees Jesus standing. He's not sitting. He's standing. What could he be standing for? Could he be standing in solitude with Stephen as he's sitting there standing and faithfully and honorably and courageously and fearlessly speaking truth to this religious structure that has the power, or, you know, has the power to completely transform the religious workings of the city, the religious workings of the region, if they could just receive. But Stephen would speak to him that they're stiff-necked and hardened heart. They wouldn't receive, just like their ancestors wouldn't receive. At this moment in time when the, he looked up, and he said he could see Jesus standing there at the right hand of the Father, uh, speaking to who Jesus was and his authority and who he was, man, blaspheming. The Bible says that they begin to gnash their teeth, just like Jesus said in hell, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's just anguish, Arrgh! just gnashing their teeth. They covered their ears. They didn't want to hear it anymore. The Bible says that they rushed at him in so much anger with hardened hearts, and they could be an individual to say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking? Is this truth? Is he the Messiah? But in their control, in their heart and hearts, and in their defending of their structure that they have created, they didn't want to receive truth. And they rushed at Stephen and they carried him out. And they stoned him to death. 
One person would write that literally stoning to death was they would throw him off of a ledge down to a rock. And if he didn't die, they would select an individual to grab a massive uh, boulder to drop on his heart. And if he didn't die then, then, then the crowd would grab rocks and they would stone him right there. The Bible says that he was stoned to death. But before he died, the Bible would tell us that Stephen looked up towards heaven and asked that the sins of these individuals that were stoning him and killing him would not be held against him. And I think that's so profound. I think it's so amazing. I think it's so incredible that a man that was so full of faith in the Holy Spirit didn't allow himself to get bitter. He just lived better. And in this moment in time where he's about to take his last breath, he knows that his life is not ending, but he's going from grace to grace. He's going from you know, heaven right to or he's going from earth right to heaven. He knows this. He knows that when he takes his last breath, he's going to breathe his first in heaven. And in alignment with the heart of God, that even lost people, that man, they would come to know Jesus Christ. They would come to know the loving and saving grace of God. He says, God made their sins not be held against them. And I just want to ask you today, are you an individual that's bitter or are you living bigger? Are you an individual that today you've written people off? Or are you an individual today that's praying prayers that God, man, that you would save this person? Yeah, they've caused a lot of harm. They may have even cost you money. But man, in your love for humanity and your alignment with the heart of God, you, will, you're, you're, you are refusing to get bitter and you just want to live a life of righteousness to pray for those that are lost. Your prayer today can be turned towards harm for them. God, I pray that you would rightfully treat them. And God, I pray that they would face their outcomes. And God, I pray that they would get what's coming to them. Ah, you start saying crazy words like karma and all kinds of crazy stuff. Right? Completely not Christian. I pray today that maybe your heart can be changed to say, you know, I'm going to be like Stephen. Even though I'm facing persecution, man, I've gone through a lot. I pray that your sins are not held against them, God. Because what we know inside of this story is that Saul, Saul from Tarsus, you know, the guy that later on, and we'll talk about him in a couple of weeks, but Saul, this individual that was persecuting Christians, he actually oversaw the stoning of Stephen. He was on the Sanhedrin. He was a religious leader. He oversaw the death says that everybody placed their coats at the young man of Saul. He oversaw this. In a dying wish, or a dying prayer, I should say, God answered the prayers of Stephen. Because just a few chapters later, this Saul that oversaw the death got knocked off of his donkey on a road to Damascus and encountered Jesus. He was saved in Jesus' name. And he led a massive ministry that created opportunities for millions upon millions and now billions across the world to come to know Jesus. And maybe just maybe today, your prayers for your broken, the people that are coming against you, people that have caused you harm could be the very people that God changes their life, transforms their life, and they become the greatest advocates for Jesus Christ that you have ever seen in your life. And with that, multitudes can come to know Jesus today. I don't know where you're at, but I know you're powered up we have the power here to, to be powered to go do incredible things. I, I just know that God has called us. Are, are we ready to see the miraculous? And are we ready to see God move? 
Are we ready to face some pressure in this process? Man, are we ready to stand for what we believe? Man, if we're full of faith and we're full of the Holy Spirit, I believe we can do just what Stephen did. Serve well in persecution, stand before people, and give a clear articulation of who Jesus is and what he's done inside of our lives. My prayer for today for you is you're not bitter. You're just living bigger. You're in a place where you're bolder today. You're in a place that you don't, you're not allowing the pressure to cause you to get bitter and, and be angry with people. But man, today the Holy Spirit is leading your life, leading you into truth. And today your heart is turned towards grace and compassion towards those that are trying to bring harm to you and your prayers today that God, you would bless them. God, you would meet them. And God, they would ultimately come to know you. Wherever you're at today as we spend some time in worship right now, let this be an anthem for your life. You're not going to be bitter. You're going to live bigger. You're going to live bolder and you're going to live better. Praying that salvation is coming for your enemies. Salvation is coming for those that are trying to bring you down. Always remember, broken people try to break people. But I'll tell you, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, doesn't matter what broken people try to do. We walk in the wholeness and the fullness of God. Live full. Keep on living a whole life. Now let's see our world changed in Jesus' name. Let's worship today. It was so good to have you tuned in right here today for this message. I pray that you are encouraged and you are strengthened inside of your faith. Man, you are confident here today in, in accomplishing what God has laid out for you to do as a believer, whatever sphere of influence that you are in. I pray that you are ready to get it done. Now, our kids experience is coming up next. Make sure you jump online, get your kids around. They'll be encouraged to get ready for their week. Outside of that, keep on making a difference in the world in which God has destined you to lead in. Have a great week.